Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Greetings and welcome to episode 33 of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good pals get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy <clears throat> hockey universe. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu, along with my good pal, who's probably quite depressed on this Black Sunday, Kyle Nice. <laughs> Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Nick. We're here at the end of the regular season. And uh, you know what? I'm not too sad, to be honest. If, if you're referring to mm. Montreal, I'd say we ended off on a really positive note. But we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into well, that no, a little I, later. I, I only said Black Sunday because, of course, that's that's the term they use for the day after the regular season, right? Because oh. you've got all the, all the bad news coming down, right? Just goes dark, yeah. Everything yeah. just... Yeah, like we, did, we did depression. get... We did get quite a lot of bad news. A couple axes being dropped on on some guys here. Some guys the that you, yeah, the guillotine on some guys that you like here. I mean, the, you got a team. You got a team in the mix. You want you want to talk about these coaches that just got fired? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, if, there's always the part of me that's always sad and depressed because these are indiv- humans. You know, these are individuals in the real world making job, making money through their jobs, and you don't want to see them laid off. But you know what? You care way the, too much about this. No, no, no. But then listen. But then there's also the evil part of you that you don't really want to admit. But there's always a little bit of part of you that's like, I'm actually glad they got fired because they're spoiled brats and they're uh, making millions of dollars to do nothing behind the bench. You know? Oh, they do stuff. They, they do, do stuff. stuff, but they're probably not not the pay is probably not proportionate to what they do. Oh right? gosh, no. Gosh, there's no. much harder working individuals out there who get a who get exactly. just a slimmer of what these guys get. That's why I was so shocked when you messaged me. You're like, yeah, but there's real guys behind these firings too. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> no, they, they get fired and realistically they get a new coaching job somewhere else, whether it be in Europe or the AHL, and they'll make good money there. <clears throat> All right, but well. I digress. I digress. Oh, there's some of these guys mm-hmm. that might might find their way back some sometime soon. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll just... It, they're they're conflicting. I mean, there's 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 a firing here which I think was was just was rightful. There's oh. a firing here which which I think is kind of depressing that it didn't really work out. Can I guess? Um, yeah. What's up? I think uh, you're referring to Desjardins when you say it, it wasn't really rightful yet. Uh, no, no. Like when I say depressing, like it what like it just like it. It's a shame things didn't work out. I'm alluding okay. to Phil Housley actually from Buffalo. Really? 
Uh, this yeah. So this morning, Phil Housley got the axe in Buffalo, and and the reason I say that is because this was a guy who like writing was on the wall for how this oh. guy should lead this franchise to an amazing future. Uh, drafted as an 18 year old in Buffalo, uh, leading defense scorer on that team. This guy was a stud, beloved player in the city of Buffalo, and they bring him back to be a head coach. It seemed like the perfect fit. He had just, you know, he was the assistant coach in Nashville. He had a success with his coaching career. And and just, Kyle, I mean, I guess it's just an utter debacle. I guess that's the oh. only way you could sum it up. I mean, two seasons and it's just been a, a sham both times. Oh, absolutely. Even like last year was worse statistically. But this year you almost look at it and you look at you look at the 10 game winning streak. They're on top of the world. And then they just fall from grace in such a horrific way. It's almost like this guy just lost the room. He just like <laughs> completely and utterly lost the room. I don't know how you no one has catapulted so far down like in recent memory other than, you know, Philly had that other one where they had 10 wins and 10 win streak and missed the playoffs. But that's crazy how they could just fall so far. Unreal. Yeah, but you would agree like it would have been nice if things worked out, right? Oh yeah, I mean given the personality. Yeah, the storylines there. I mean, old player mm-hmm. and he was a star and you know Rasmus Dahlin ha- ha- right. have a mentor. It's it's so it sucks and I think you know he's he's young in his coaching career, so I think he'll find his way perhaps back onto an assistant coaching platform first before he gets another crack mm-hmm. at this. But uh, it, it is sad. It's just, I mean, it just didn't work. It, plain and simple, it's written on the walls. Mm-hmm. And I, I know Jack Eichel had that uh, interview where he said, you know, it's not all his fault. I mean, we a lot of us just didn't didn't meet the match. And it's right. what's interesting to note is he got a lot out of his top guys. I mean, Skinner had a crazy year, especially early on. Reinhardt set career highs. Uh, even Eichel set career highs because he stayed healthy. So he got a lot out of his top guys. It's just... The buy-in and the energy dropped right after, like just shortly after that win streak, it just fell off, and I can't explain it. I just can't. Yeah, and and speaking of losing <laughs> the room, I, I think that segues nicely into our next individual here, <laughs> and that was uh, that was old Willie Desjardins mm. in L.A. And uh, you're gonna like this one. The reason I say losing the room, and not a lot of people would know this unless you watch this team as, as astutely as I do. Oh yeah, and 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 this there was there was a game about a month ago in Carolina. Um, you know, teams out of the playoffs, they're they're well out of it. They got nothing to play for. But mm-hmm. but Jonathan Quicksonet, he's a prideful guy. He's still going to give it one hundred percent every night. And so Kyle, get this: there's this play in the game, Carolina. They take a one nothing lead, kind of a finicky goal. You know, you kind of question it. You, you think it merits a challenge. Yeah. N- needless to say, old, old Willie. He doesn't challenge the play. The play just plays on. Oh my! And and, and I kid you not, old fiery Jonathan Quick yeah. at the commercial break. It's it's like cutting to commercial. Like the LA broadcasters are like, and we'll be back after the break. Mm. And and it, and it cuts right to Jonathan Quick like sprinting, skating to the bench. <laughs> and you no. just you just look at him giving Willie an earful, no. just screaming at him. Wow. Lifts his mask off and just challenges him and just goes face to face with Willie. Shit. That <laughs> and it was is like the most awful. awkward thing ever. Awful. And and you yeah. and the viewers were able to see this. 
Yes, as they were cutting. Like, it, oh it, it, you got God. to see that. And then when Him they got back, like, over. the commentator's like, oh, here, here's what happened. And they had to explain everything, and we got to see it all in full. Wow, wow, wow. So so at that point, I realized, <clears throat> listen, this the players know this guy's not coming back next year. If, if yeah. they want to treat him like filth, they can treat oh, him like oh, filth. Oh. <laughs> and at that point, like, it, it just seems like he doesn't give a shit about winning anymore. And, you know, Quick's a pretty competitive guy, so I, mm-hmm. I can see why he did that. But at the same yeah. time, like, you know, you're not really trying to win games at this point, Johnny. You got to let the coach no. do his thing. He's getting word no. from up above saying, hey, you know, like, uh, shoot us down the draft lottery there. Yeah. So I I, Which, I, hey, I feel out, for the guy, yeah. Right? Second best odds. Second not best bad, odds. Not too shabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Looking at this like in its full entirety, I mean, I was not a fan of this move when it was made. I mean, I like I I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan. I just wasn't jazzed. Like I thought there were better coaching names out there. Um, I just this was the point where they, you know, I I just they they hired old John. They fired old John Stevens, who I really liked, and they they mm. brought in Willie and. And he didn't really have a great coaching career, you know. He had a bit of a success in Vancouver, but not much other than that. And mm-hmm. and and coming in, he just—I don't know. Just I—I I feel like he just never got the respect of the room. Like the the Dowdies, the Carters, the Kopitars just never respected the guy. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't have much to say other than that. What what I will say is it looks like Todd McClelland oh, is on joke. his way is on his way to LA. <laughs> he will be replacing him. Oh boy. Um that that's that's the insider knowledge there. Yeah. Um which I think makes more sense. He's more familiar with the state of California. He coached the Sharks for all those years, very <clears throat> yeah. familiar with LA, the team and the personalities there, and I'm sure there's a mutual respect between him and the players. Um given given his coaching success down there in San Jose, so I mean, I, I guess if there's a story to come out of this, it's it's less so Willie Desjardins given he had such a short tenure and it's more so who's coming in. And, and that's uh, old uh, Todd McClelland. Yeah, and I think just looking at Todd McClelland's resume, it seems like a better fit. Like, it seems like if Todd were to go anywhere, mm-hmm. it would be L.A. Uh, and uh, just off the top of your head, do you know when Desjardins did get hired? It, it's slipping me here. Yeah, I mean, John Stevens. I mean, there was that game I went to in Ottawa. He was still the coach in mid-October, mid to oh, late yeah. October. Yeah. Right, and then uh, I think it was you know when I was home, yeah, when I was home for reading week in, in November, that's when the firing went down, hmm. and uh, yeah, mid November. Maybe yeah, uh, maybe they had Desjardins in you know as a stopgap. They didn't knew he wouldn't be long term. They just didn't see the season oh, going yeah. very well, and then yeah. this was kind of on, on no, the wall early. That's absolutely what happened because I I remember his interview. He was just hired and he was being interviewed <laughs> and he's like, yeah, they're only giving me a one year contract, but but I think that's fair. Like yeah, one one sure. year is fair in this business. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, this guy's donezo after this year. Yeah, and hopefully he showed enough in that little window to uh, garner some interest else Ooh. elsewhere in his career. So. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Based on what I've been reading on the Athletic, there's some pretty bad headlines butchering him yikes. down there in LA. Yikes! 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 Not good. Well. Last but not least, your favorite, Bobby mm. Bugner out of Florida. <laughs> boy, oh boy, did this guy blow this season. Now, <laughs> this is his second season as coach, I believe. Last year, yeah. they were one point out of the playoffs. This year, and this is kind of similar to Phil Housley, they had so many career highs. You had Huberto, Barkov, uh, Hoffman having amazing seasons. But man, the defense. Fence was just awful because this team could score 
Like they had a really good power play, Nick. And uh, as you know, their their defense just crumbled and their goaltending didn't help them either. So yeah, Bobby Bugner, he just uh he went out uh he went out pretty nasty on this one. Yeah, and it, it, like I'm not surprised by the result. Like this 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 was going to happen when you just looked at the, where the team should have finished, the talent yeah. on paper. I don't care about the Trocheck injury. This is still a talented team. Yeah. Factor out of the playoffs two years in a row after having made after having won the division just oh. like the year before, the two years before. Yeah. Um it, it's kind of shocking and and I was shocked just how his impact on this team how it just wasn't there. This this was a guy who was the defensive coordinator, the defensive coach in San Jose. And and they they've always been known to be a stout defensive team and and when this hire was made, I was a big fan. I thought I thought he was going to really, you know, right a wrong there in Florida and make them more defensively aware. We we always knew they could score, but maybe just add some defensive intensity there. And, mm-hmm. and the fact it just hasn't come into fruition in, in these short two years uh, it has surprised me. I, I mean, I, I guess he just got there and, and the Florida sun just got to him and, uh, you know, he, he's Tostitos now. Oh, did you have that in your notes written up or did you come up with that on the spot? I just came up with that on the spot. Oh, that's I mean, nice. That, that's, oh, what I think, that's what I think happened here. I can't sum it up any better. I like that. Yeah. But you know the, what the interesting news is with this? Now, you know where I'm going with this is the potential right. new guy. Mm-hmm. Mr. Joel Quenville could be leveraging a relationship or the other way around with Dale Talon, who, if correct me if I'm wrong, but they had they were the tandem for Chicago uh, right when they started to make their runs to the to mm-hmm. the cup finals there. So there's a, a very deep relationship there. And uh, I think they've been in communications, and I think they the the latest report is they're getting close. So that that's all we can really say for now. But man, that would be interesting. And I would not have thought, uh, from an outsider's perspective, that Quenville would have chosen a market like this, especially going from from a Chicago kind of franchise to to this Florida team. It's interesting to me. I thought he would have had his sights set a little, you know, higher in terms of market value or. Um, yeah, in terms of like fan base value and all that, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I guess the relationship means a lot to to him, and and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, two things here. The first is I I, I was surprised as well because I I know for a fact he wanted to go to contender. He right. he was not down for a rebuild. Yeah, and so immediately I was like, hmm, like I I was kind of throwing out names there, and I'm like, okay, Philly's kind of on the verge. Mm. They've they've got the pieces. Yes. Um, Anaheim. They're not mm. quite in rebuild territory. Like you have all the kids coming up, and you still have the old vets there. Maybe they can have a quick turnaround next year. Mm. Um, and then I was like, I, I mean, when I heard Florida, I was like, I mean, I guess, but like, they're a good team. They're just in a tough division. Like Montreal is only going to be better next year. Toronto is mm. only going to stay the same. Boston's only going to go stay the same. Tampa's not going anywhere. Like, if this guy wants to be a contender, I don't know how he's going to get out of that division. It's just, <laughs> it's just too darn tough. Um. So that that's what kind of makes me scratch my head. And then the second thing is, apparently, I read this stuff on, on The Athletic this morning in terms of the term of this contract. Not only is this a long-term deal, Kyle, but this is going to place him at about $7 million a year. Yikes. Which, which, which would place him, as that would make him the highest paid coach in the entire NHL yeah. ahead of our boy Mike Babcock, mm-hmm. um, who's making 6.25 at the moment. So this, this would be historic. 
Um, it would be a good sign for coaches in the NHL because you know when when a new guy in town is is getting paid the the highest dollars, that only means the other guys are going to get raises as well. Hmm. So it, it's a good sign for coaches and and kind of shocking to be honest. I kind of thought you know Mike would would set the bar, but looks like these guys really want Joel there in, in Florida. It's a bit of a head scratcher to me that you know Florida would have this kind of money to throw around for guys like this, mm-hmm. but. Uh, let me ask you this, just uh, while we're on the topic, who do you think has the brighter medium-term future out of Philly and Florida? Medium-term uh, I mean, being two or three years down the line. Call it three. Three years down the line, who's got a brighter I future? Go, I go Philly because the prospects. I haven't, I mean, I maybe I know one Florida prospect who's good, but other than that, I haven't heard too much of their prospect pool, whereas Philly, you know, for a fact, they got pieces yeah. coming up. Or at the very least, pieces that have just come up, like Carter Hart, who are only mm. going to develop. So, yeah, I, I guess between those two, I'm surprised Philly wasn't the uh, the top choice there. But maybe yeah. Philly's got their own plans. Maybe they didn't want to throw that money out there. Mm. Maybe, maybe they liked the coach who just came in there. I don't know. Yeah, very possible. And especially when you look at goaltending. Like, Philly has their goaltending figured out for 10, 15 years. I don't know what what Florida is going to do? Luongo leaves. I well, mean, here, got... well, Bobrovsky, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. The, the rumor, rumor has it they're, they're in a package deal. They're going to get Bobrovsky and Panarin. So uh, yeah. you add, you add I'll... both those pieces. Maybe this debate we're having Philly versus Florida takes a swing. Maybe oh, you sure. rather have Florida. I just hope you're not relying on that as mm-hmm. a, as a, as an ownership group. Yeah. We'll, we'll get those two guys. I right. mean, they, there's no way they can confirm both those guys come in. I mean, maybe they throw... maybe they've had discussions with the agents, right? I mean, when when a player expresses they're not re-signing with the team, as both those players have, that yeah. pretty much gives the the agent the rights to negotiate with whoever the fuck he wants to, right? Is that how it legally works that they can? Well, no, start that's talking? not that's not anything legal. I'm just saying, okay. like, once you've made your intentions clear, you know, to the public, yeah. to your agent, to everybody on the planet. Your your agent, he's he's he should be getting to work and, and trying to negotiate where where you'll be packing your bags to, right? Hmm. Man, that would be the that would be the turnaround of the century if they land the top, the highest paying coach, the Panarin and the Bobrovsky. Like what mm-hmm. the hell? First of all, I don't know how they're gonna pay for all those guys. They're gonna have to move some contracts around. I think I don't I don't know what their cap situation's like, but you got to think they got to move some guys out. But man, that that's looking like a good team all of a sudden. My gosh. But again, like how do you compete in that division, right? Yeah. Like it's fucked. Like yeah. like usually only four teams can make technically can only make it out of division. Maybe five if if they both make the wild card, but you know that's rare. Yeah. So it, it's just you look around you. It's less so the team you have yourself and you you just look around you and you're like this is some stiff competition. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess the metro is where you want to be right now. Of course, or the or the Pacific, metro oh, or the Pacific. Easy. The other two divisions yeah. are just are just monstrous. Yeah, agreed. Wow. Well, I guess that kind of wraps up the coaching. Yeah, let's move on. Some interesting storylines there, but uh, man, if if you're looking for a bundle of energy, you look to Peter Morazic. Was that not the best? Uh, little playoff <laughs> celebration interview you've seen in a while oh my god that was awesome yeah that, no I, I i sent that over to you and i just the amount of just sheer joy on his face you you yeah. off like it, it was almost a childlike 
the way he was reacting. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's just, it was, it, it was something you don't see every day. And, and the fact he seemed just excited as the fans there down in uh, Old Raleigh, Carolina. Oh, and the is, fans is, loved it. It was just a very good sign. Yeah, they loved it. Now, who yeah. had the better celebration, Leonard or Mrazek in this case? If you remember Leonard's from last week. Playoffs, What baby. was Leonard's reaction? Playoffs! I never saw that. Oh, really? No. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they were interviewing him at, right after they clinched. And they're like, yeah, how do you feel, Rob? And he goes, I feel great. Playoffs, baby. Playoffs. And then he just he wow. walked out into the middle of the ice and waved his hand around and then walked off the ice. Oh, it was I got to watch that. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't match the energy of Mrazic. Like, Mrazic had more of that boyish, like, childlike mm-hmm. enthusiasm. But you saw Lena really come out of his shell. So that that's mm-hmm. it's just great to see. And then, and again, two teams who didn't know they would be in the postseason at the right. beginning of the year. And actually, two goalies, just think about it like that, two goalies mm-hmm. who had no idea where their careers would be. And here they are on the top of their careers. It's it's awesome to watch. Well, and it's only the better when it's a franchise who hasn't made the cup final, or sorry, the playoffs at all in 10 years. Right? Oh, I mean, I know you've had your opinion. No, you've stated your opinion on Carolina and how this you're not happy with this. And 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 you rather Montreal be there, but, oh, sure. but the reality is, a hockey market is a hockey market, and this was the longest playoff drought in the entire league. Mm. And I think there's something to be said about that. And I think I don't care who you are, everyone ought to get their a fair shake at the playoffs. And 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 it's, 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 it's <laughs> sorry. And it's and, it, and it's and it's Carolina's turn. So uh, to me, I mean, it's just it's it's just fitting. And those yeah. fans are really into it. Like I, I watched the end of that broadcast and the commentators and the fans and, and it's, 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 it's a, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long fight and we'll get into that in our playoff yeah. a, a special where they're going to oh. have to play against Washington. But wow, 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 I wow. think they're just going to be happy to have two home games, two playoff home games. Yeah. And you know what? And I mentioned earlier, I'm not too, too upset on how things shook out this week. And what really helped me is I saw video of that game where they clinched Carolina did and I just Mm. saw fans hugging embracing like just a sigh of relief and you know it's finally here and you know what that that made me feel a lot better and and we've seen some excellent character out of this group this year led by Justin Williams with the whole um storm or yeah storm surge and I I wasn't I wasn't a fan of that early on and then you know it kind of grew on me it like like it did a lot of people the storm surge, it became a thing. It became something people embraced. So I'm happy for this fan base. And I know Montreal is going to be back soon. And I just, I, I hope they can do, uh, I hope they can make their fans proud. And you know what, Nick? I will say this. I've been looking, uh, noodling around the internet, looking at some people's predictions, some people's brackets. A lot of people share them on social media, YouTube, all that. And there's more than a couple out there having Carolina upset Washington. Now, we'll, wow. we'll get into this tomorrow, of course, but there are a legitimate amount of people calling for an upset in this series. So, something to definitely look out for when we do our our research bundles. So, I'm happy and I, I, I'd love to see it. I really would. But that that's the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, that's that's a tall order. That's a tough ask. <clears throat> Huge. But- you know, who, who knows? You know, momentum can do a lot for a team. And this team's been riding a hot streak heading in. And, and there's an energy. And, and there's a, 
there's, I don't know. There's just like a you can sense a bit of magic with this yeah. team and just yeah. the way they're reacting and, and the fan base behind them. It, it's it's a uh, it would be something if it happened. I just you know it's 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 gonna it's a tough ask. It's a, it's <clears throat> gonna be a very tough ask. Hundred percent. And if there's any team out there that can be more on the same page, it, it's it's got to be Carolina. They, this mm-hmm. is a team that's all pulling the same rope, and that's beautiful. But yeah, we, we talked a little bit about uh, Mrazek and, and Leonard on top of their games. How about Garrett Sparks, who is, uh, boy, not on top of his game. And it looks like he might be uh, kicked out of the league for a little bit, Nick. We saw <laughs> we saw Michael Hutchinson, a surprise call-up just a couple days ago. And, uh, and then no more Garrett Sparks at practice. And then he said something along the lines of in the interview, like, I'll be better next year. Uh, you know, it didn't go well for me this year, and yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll be around next year. Now, what what do you think of the outlook on this Garrett Sparks character? I mean, he kind of shot himself in the foot with his play and his interviews, and boy, this guy's year it did not go well at all. Yeah, I mean, he kind of shot himself in the foot because that Tuesday game against Carolina, we talked about it. Those goals were not good. Nope. All, all odorous goals. Nope, nope, nope. And then yet again, you screw up your post-game interview. You can't even put together a good interview. You say, "quote I'll be better next year." Yeah. And 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 what's forgotten is he actually corrected himself shortly after that, saying, "Or oh, sorry, I'll, I'll be back when when the team needs me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he almost tried to correct himself there, and 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 a little too late, if you ask me. I mean, a yeah. couple days later, we hear the news that. They're basically, you know, letting him, they're kicking him off the team pretty much. Like, there's no other way to sum it up. I mean, <laughs> You're out of here. It, uh, there's a nice way to put it is we need you to work for 10 days, you know, work with the coaches for 10 days. But the reality is they basically said, you're not a part of this team anymore. No. Which no, no. at any, I don't care what level you're playing at. You don't, you can't hear that, you know? No, exactly. That's like, that's like you guys coming to me at playoff time and saying, Nick, we know you're the goalie here, and and you're a great character guy, and we all love you here in the dressing room. Your play just hasn't been up to snuff, and uh, we're gonna kick you off the team. <laughs> like you don't want to hear that. No, that that would that would break you apart. Of course, yeah. No, he's got he's got to do some reflection over the off season for sure. He's got to yeah. tune this shit out. But hey, you know what? I don't blame uh, Dubis and management up there. I mean, Michael Hutchinson is he's a veteran. He's been in the league a long time, and if you're gonna have a backup sitting on the bench there, I think I want the I think I want the veteran in this case. Uh, Sparks hasn't done anything for me. No, and, Nothing. and my question is: so get this, if you win, if they win the cup, let's say the Leafs win the cup, okay, does, does Sparks' name go on the cup? Oh, <laughs> you're getting. Dark. I'm just genuinely <laughs> curious because, like, I I have a feeling in the back of his mind, he's like. Well, I had a shitty year, but you know, I'll, I'll get a nice, comfy seat on the bench all postseason, and, and if we win, I'll, I'll get my name on the cup. <laughs> I and now it's like, oh know. well, shit, I'm not even on the team anymore. I think it all depends on if they loan him down to to the Marlies. Like, can they still mm-hmm. do that? Is he on a two way? He's got to be. I think he's on a two. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, of course, of course, he can definitely be sent down to the AHL. In course. that case, I th- I don't see why they wouldn't do that. You know, mm-hmm. like I think we see that happen, and then in that case, he's not on the on the cup. But if, if he just, were, yeah. if he were to sit in the press box every single game as as a an undressed player, he's on the I, cup. He's on there, yeah. Because mm. all kinds of sh- like weird names go on there, like you know, 
to trainers or something. Just all kinds well, of yeah, shit well, goes on there. I, I just don't know how it works. Like, Because in baseball, they have a rule where like, if you just played one game with that team, you, you get a ring. Like if, mm. if you, like let's say you played one game in November, you know just no. one game or no, two games. No, no, no. You, come on, you 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 get a ring. What? Like you were technically a part of that team for their year when wow. they won. Wow, 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 wow. But I guess hockey, given there's not as much real estate on that cup, um, hmm. it's whoever was on the team when they won the cup. I think that would make oh, yeah. the most sense, right? Yeah, or at least for that playoff run. Yeah, like you can play, have Sparks yes, course, play one game, the first game, and then injure the rest right. of it. He'll, he'll be on. Then you're eligible. Yeah, right. Or active, um, like active roster player during that run. Sure, gotcha. I think so. I think that's how it goes. But yeah. again, not confirmed. We don't know 100, percent but I'm sure yeah. that's how it goes. We're just hypothesizing here. But needless <clears throat> to say, um, I mean, I I guess that deep down management Dubis are hoping no backup has to play. Like this is just Freddie taking the ball and running with it for oh, for yeah. the next two months. Um, but again, you're asking a lot of him to do that because if we've looked at previous winners, almost all of them have used both their goalies, right? You look at Pittsburgh, yeah. the Saga, yeah. Flurry and Murray. You look at the Saga on Washington, Grubauer. Mm-hmm. And um, Holtby. and Holtby. I mean, in Chicago, they bounced around between Crawford and, and his backup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, even in L.A., you know, Quick and Martin Jones. So it's 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 going to be interesting here to see if Freddie can hold up and and what implication that has and whether we see Hutchison. And if we do see him, was it the right call? It's because he hasn't had any reps in the NHL. Like they, he literally yeah. hasn't played a game, and the playoffs yeah. start Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah. he's going in cold, and I don't know what to expect to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think the only situation in which we do see him is Freddie gets pulled or Freddie gets injured, and and in both those cases, like you're pretty well toast. So. You know, I don't know if this is going to be too consequential to, to the Leafs' chances. I mean, if Freddie's out, we're we're done kind of thing. But I think maybe it's more of a, you know, a steadying force on the bench right there. Just just so the guys can feel a bit better. What, if Freddie can feel a little bit better, you know. I think that's more about what this is and less about he's going to give us a better chance to win kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that that would make sense. That 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 would make sense because it's not like he's gonna get a start anytime soon. It's, yeah. it's more. I guess it is more mental. Hundred percent. And I, I, man, I got I got things to say about the Leafs. So let's uh, let's get into this Montreal business. So, just really quickly, we'll 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 summarize for you. I mean, you guys saw it. There's three teams that that were all fighting for a spot here, and uh, it turned out to be Columbus and and Carolina that that got those spots. But it should be said. Montreal with a 96 point season miss like you don't usually miss with 96 points so it's really unfortunate and just for reference Nick the Vegas Golden Knights over in the west have about 96 points like they're right on par it's crazy to think about we're all looking at Vegas like oh this is a super team I mean Colorado got in with low 90s like it's it's very interesting how the west and the east compared here but uh Montreal they just they battled it to the end didn't they 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 just totally um looked themselves in the mirror and showed up for those last four games Winnipeg uh Tampa Bay tough game in Washington really tough game I mean Holtby's got the number of Montreal 
let, let's face it, he's he's a star against the Canadians. And then you had the Toronto game, which was a throwaway, uh, all things considered. But man, we got a lot of content out of this one, Nick. It was it was an awesome game. Yeah, I mean, what 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 else can be said? I mean, I'm pretty sure the shots were like 49 to 49. Um, the final score was 6-5 in a mm. shootout victory. It, it had drama. It had a quick pace. It had a, a young star making his debut on a big stage. And a, uh, and a, and a fellow who I, I don't think needs any introduction uh, made his final exit in his long career. And uh, I, I think these... Uh, these clips I have assembled here will will sum it up quite well. My mother told me a long time ago that Robert, all good things come to an end. And she was seldom wrong. Drouin has had a tough year. They expected a lot from him. Jonathan Trump. Drew him with the chance here to maybe do something great. And he does. Whoa! They said he had talent. And he just showed you he has. Look at that. What about three goals in your first game? How about a chance for four? Ryan Paling, standing O coming for him. start of a career. Ryan Paley scores on the shootout for a sport marker of the game. Kapanen will come on for the Maple Leafs. Good clips. Nick, it was so <laughs> it was so sad, but it was so nice. It, it was almost <laughs> like the way the game was going, it's like the hockey gods didn't want the game to end because yeah. they just loved listening to Bob. And I, and I wish I could tell you, Nick, that I had like a, a specific Bob Cole memory that burns into my head. But uh, nothing in particular. It's just recognizing that voice and knowing that this is a big game. It's a Hockey Night in Canada like special when I hear that voice. And, and he, I, I associated him with, with Montreal for so long and and just those those Boston versus Montreal playoff games that I so loved back in the day. It's just like, that's Bob. And uh, it's just so sad that it has to come to an end. But, man, we got 50 years of the guy. And I wish I was around for more of them. But uh, what a legend. What a legend in this game. I mean, I think what's so great about him is he had an effect on every, every generation of hockey fan. Like, <clears throat> yeah. 50 years. Think about who that affects, right? That that's that's your grandparents, that's your parents, that's you, right? It's you know that that's like so that's like three four generations of hockey fans that that this guy he was the soundtrack of hockey. You know I I know Foster Hewitt, the late Foster Hewitt. You know who we of course know who opens up Hockey Night in Canada every night. That he's he's a transcendent figure and and had a great impact on 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 the sport. But you know I I, I just think that 50 years there's something to be said about that and and you think of just the history i mean everything from the summit series in, in 72 oh. to you know them in the olympics you know and 
you know, when I when I think of his great calls, I you know, because I've been brushing up a lot on my history in the old calls, is uh, you know, in '76 he had a famous call where uh, the Russians they were playing the Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, there was a point in that game where where the Russians they were so fed up with how the game was going, they they just left the ice like they they quit the game they just left. Wow. And and Bob's call was, <laughs> it was along the lines of like. And they're leaving. They're leaving the ice. <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> they know. It, actually, the call. The call is like it's like they're going home. They're going home, folks. <laughs> and it was so good. Um, no way. And, and another another one that comes to mind that a lot of people love is is Joe Sackick in two thousand two, when Canada broke the gold medal drought. Mm. Right. I believe it was like the fifty year drought or something. And, and and he scores the goal there and, and, and every everyone who was around then and a hockey fan there gets butterflies over that moment. So I mean those 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 ones are just huge and, and there's just a whole list of them. If you want to listen of all of them, there's there's just a ton, tons of them on YouTube. But yeah, I mean he's just got the perfect voice. He he has a voice that, you know, just builds anticipation. Like you know mm-hmm. something's gonna happen when he's talking. I think that's the beautiful thing with his voice. I mean, you you know that famous Lemieux goal? Oh, you know yeah. which one I'm alluding to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Lemieux's just skating down the ice and he's like, "And here comes Lemieux." And you just you just know something's <laughs> going to happen, right? Yeah. Like he, like that that's all that needs to be said. Like it's as if he knows and he's foreshadowing what's going to happen before we see it. And it and it's amazing. And it's a gift. It's a gift that he has that mm-hmm. that nobody else has, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, like you said, amazing game. Uh, you felt bad for him, like before that game was even tied up. You could hear it in his voice. He kept saying how much time was left, and and just how the how sad the sadness in his voice that 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 it was all coming to an end. But but also the joy, and 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 we saw that through the the tie tying goal and and the whole overtime was fantastic. It was it was just a very fitting end for uh, for this this just master figure in my mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, I completely agree, and I I like to think of it as a uh, you know th- this gives him a chance to explore new avenues in life, right? Like this allows him to go go see things, do things, and he doesn't have to worry about you know brushing up on the on the hockey stuff so much. So yeah, B- Bob's got a lot uh, a lot left to do in in life uh, that I'd like to believe, and and I I hope he enjoys the the rest of it and uh, 86 you know, Kyle I, I know yeah crazy people were shocked to hear that when I told them at the the dinner table last night so and uh the, the, I think my favorite moment of the night last night Nick was when they had that uh that tribute to him and everyone was banging their sticks and people were cheering in the crowd and you saw Mike Babcock's face he was looking up and he was just smiling <laughs> like a little boy and it right. was just such a beautiful moment and out of everyone I saw, it was Mike Babcock who had the most emotion on his face. Wow. So I, I would I would encourage you to go back and and just cherish that uh, that look on his face because it it was it was really really cool to see. And then of course something. he had the whole family in the booth there who was with him, and he you know it, he's he's a humble guy. He like everyone was cheering for him, and he didn't he didn't you know milk it or anything. He just said thank you very much, and and then he kind of moved on from there, and it was. He's just a true professional. It's 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 unbelievable, and his his voice will ring ring true in all the rinks Canada wide, and it's it's awesome. Just an awesome figure. 
Yeah, that best best all time in my mind. I mean, there's 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 a whole list of of guys I love to listen to through all hockey markets, including our our buddy there in Colorado. Oh, he's gonna but, he's, uh, who, he's, he's gonna be a legend a by the end of it. Oh boy, <laughs> he might be the new Cole for a whole but, different uh, reason. And then you got Mike Lang in Pittsburgh. Man, these right. guys, I want them to all have a beer together and just start talking, <laughs> just talk to each other. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But, but the no, difference like, is, though, yeah, that Bob, yeah. those Go guys on. are very team-focused, right? Bob, you know, he doesn't right. really show too much bias or, or emphasis on one team. He's mm-hmm. very unbiased, and that was part of what made him such a universal voice for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and another one more thing is when he makes a call, it almost sounds like he's enjoying the moment just as much as we are. Yeah. And, and he's shocked just as much as we are. Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 he's such a relatable voice in yeah. that way it is it is almost a childish joy that that you hear from his voice and and we we kind of react in the same way in our living rooms when we watch the game so mm. again nothing else can be said he's he's the best and that's it now nick back to the back to the game a second here i mm. want to ask you about the leafs and what you saw well, in this game because i have something very interesting you want you want to go Leafs or you want to go Montreal first? Well, you know, let's go Montreal. I want to end on Leafs. Sure. Well, I want to talk about the Paling kid, and uh, and my 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 gripe here is this. How was could a we kid. forget? You, you never you never respected this guy. Hold on I a remember, second. I remember him getting drafted even before he was drafted. I remember mentioning him to you, telling you he's going in the first round, and you said, Nick, there's no way he's going in the first round. That guy's a third-line center. And 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 you were yerping him. You didn't want Montreal to draft him, how he's a scuzzy American. That's no. all that was coming God, through, through, through your, your like voice. That. And yes, that's all you were saying. And, and Montreal, no. sure enough, they draft him in, a, in an exquisite move by Bergevin. Who, by the way, did you see his reaction last night? Oh yeah, all laughs. laughs. Yeah, and uh, he, yeah, it was, it was good to see. And uh, yeah, I mean, needless to say, I, I, I thought very highly of this kid, and a lot of that's coming from you know Pierre, who, who adores him and, and thinks he, he just has character through the roof, which of course, in, in my scouting book, is, is worth a lot. And yeah. uh, I've always had high hopes for this kid. Never really saw him play other than the World Juniors, but. I was just really happy to see this. It, it really shows the character scoring four goals in your first game. And uh, what do you have to say about this, Kyle? Because as I said, you were not in the same boat a few short years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, this seems to be the only call Pierre has gotten right. But <laughs> I mean, let, let's we got to calm our horses here. It's only been one game. I mean, uh, I, the reason I haven't brought him up in, in even in this year because... I mean, he didn't he didn't blow the roof off NCAA by any means. He wasn't even a point per game. Thirty one and thirty six. That's not bad. That's yeah. It's nothing to write home about, especially for like a first rounder. With I mean, he's twenty years old. A first rounder at twenty. I mean, I mean, Kale McCarr as a defenseman had like, you know, a lot more than that. But doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. the The point is that this kind of guy, he's not. Uh, he's by no means a franchise changing player. He's gonna be a good second liner, maybe a a great third liner. I mean, this is a guy who who's going to top out at 30 and 30 with 30 goals, 30 assists, 60 points. That's the kind of guy he tops out as in my mind still. Cuz he, you know, he 
his skills are very polished and they're but they're very he's a very all-around guy he's not going to blow you away in any in any one way but uh, you said it the character's there so I mean it's it's a, such a great addition and, and kudos to Bergevin and Pierre for calling this and I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a good read on this I'll be honest but uh, this this guy he's he's been known to show up in big games I mean you, you can look back to that big world Juniors he had he was actually the player of the tournament or the forward of the tournament ahead of guys like Jack Hughes so hey he's a great guy he's gonna be an excellent piece for this team but uh, you know he's not gonna be like a first line center or anything he's not gonna put up 70 he's he's just an awesome you know middle six guy kind of thing right and that's all I'm asking for with this oh, team, yeah. right I, sure. I just want a guy who's gonna get have add to the great character that's already on this team right add to the Byron's add to the Gallagher's you know, oh, yeah. add no. to the Nate Thompsons. Yeah, this... you're you're just smart, full of character players. That's what this <clears throat> team's built around, and and he's a he's just a perfect fit. And and uh, and if this was any indication of how things are going to go moving forward, because again, very small sample size, but I don't care who you are, you score. I think like it was the first time a Montreal Canadian had scored a hat trick in his debut since like 1940 something. That's wow. that's what the stat was. <clears throat> And so you, 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 I don't care who you are. You score a hat trick in your debut. You, you got character. You got the nerves of steel to, to not be, to not be, you know, pushed down in that, in that theater in the bell center. Mm -hmm. So kudos to him. And, and I really look forward to seeing a whole year under his belt next year. Yeah. Don't you think Montreal is kind of building this image now? Like guys, guys like this, guys like Gallagher, Domi was just a, he was a workhorse that night. He's been a workhorse. I mean, Shaw, Byron, these guys, it just seems like a work, a hardworking team mix in a little bit of skill there and, you know, get Jojo going. It looks like he's building an identity here and it's, it's very cool. And to hit on a, on a late first rounder like this, this is money in the bank. Just, I think this was 16, maybe 17 overall in the first to get a guy like this at that range. Fantastic. So they, they won that draft. 27 uh 2017 I think I think 2017 they chose Sergachev so they won that draft too 2018 was Kotkaniemi they've been killing drafts Nick it, it's awesome it, Bergevin's really doing a great job and uh Trevor Timmons over there who's the head scout head amateur scout has done a fantastic job in in Montreal building this character so yeah Montreal like the good thing about this game Nick is you know, people were sour. Montreal, you know, you're down. You lost the game. You, you came so close. But I guarantee you this game makes the offseason so much better. Like, Montreal fans can go home happy. They can go home satisfied. They can look at their 1% lottery odds and say, hey, we might. We got a chance. Like, this is this team's going to be positive all season long. They're going to be like, this is awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's a great way to finish off. Excellent. It was it was picture perfect. I mean, only thing better would be qualifying for the playoffs, but it's yeah. a consolation prize to not getting in. This was as perfect a game as it could have been, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the 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 season starts with with the hope of Kotkaniemi, and and the season ends with the with the hope of 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 this young Palin kid. Mm -hmm. And it, it's almost like that your season ends, but there's there's a glimmer of hope of of the future to come. And, and and the fact that came into fruition in that final game, Bob Cole's final game, is Ryan Paling's first game, and it's just it's just so fitting. 
and uh, really a great way for those Bell Center fans to celebrate to uh, attend the season. And to polish off your arch nemesis in the process too is even better. Oh, terrible! Uh, I mean, like I like if I'm Freddie Anderson this morning, getting out of bed, I'm like, fuck! I let in five goals last night, and I got to suit up versus the Bruins in four days. I'm I'm not exactly feeling confident about myself, you know. Oh, and 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 not to mention Charlie Lindgren in the Montreal net couldn't stop a beach ball that night. Look at all those goals and how uh, bad was, they were. He was very good in the overtime. Oh, does the overtime yeah. was sensational. I know, but the first four, those first three or four goals were just fuzzy. Yeah, wuzzy I mean, there were some shits. off some player skates and then whatnot, but oh, you know, sure. I guess not the not the best night. I mean, he he was not strong in the first eighty percent of the game, and it was mm. I, it, all I'm saying there is, you know, no, I'm not ripping Lindgren or anything. I'm all I'm saying is there is. You know, it didn't seem like Toronto even deserved to be in the overtime. To me, like Montreal worked for all their goals, and then uh, Toronto just got some fuzzy wuzzies. And I know they they weren't celebrating or anything, but here's what bugged me the most, Nick. And you're gonna you're gonna love this. <clears throat> all right, I'm gonna pull my best Don Cherry here. All I right. was absolutely beside myself with rage when this happened. So Ryan Paling plays his first NHL game. This game is a wash. Doesn't matter for either team. If anything, you're just going out, you're, you just want to play a good game for the fans and for Bob, right? <clears throat> boy, oh boy. So Paling scores his first goal. Feel good moment. You know, it was a jam play at the left side of the net. What does Mike Babcock do? He challenges the goal and he didn't have a shred of a chance to, to get this called back. Now, why in Christ, like what kind of, like if you want to talk about hockey gods and bad karma and a bad negative energy, Mike Babcock, the veteran coach, the highest paid coach in the, of, in the NHL, a kid scores his first NHL goal, you want to challenge it on a slim chance, a, a glimmer of hope that n- there was no goalie interference. I'm just like, I'm sitting there at the bar, I'm like, this is just... This is such a bad look. Like, it's a throwaway game. I get you don't want goals going in on Anderson. It's it's not like your team's going that hard in the beginning. Like, they're not even going that hard, and you want to try to challenge this goal, the first goal of his career? It looks awful. And it just makes me feel like... It doesn't make me feel good as as, as a as a Leafs fan here, Nick. I'll, I'll be honest, this stinks. That, I, I was shaking my head at the bar, and... People don't really understand why I was so upset, but I was like, "Yeah, I don't know, man. This this stinks. This this is ba- Mike Babcock at his lowest, in my opinion." It was kind of a prick move. Move like I was kind of in disbelief, um, but at the same time, I wasn't too surprised. He he comes off as that kind of guy who just wants to win regardless of anything, and he just he has no perception of emotion and class. And 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 what's kind of recognized and, and what's appropriate <coughs> under the circumstances? He's just worried about himself and his team and, and getting the result he wants. And 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 yeah, I mean, yeah, rightfully so. I don't mind if you know. I'm not surprised that may have you know shaken you the wrong way. And you know, to other people, I guess you know the same. And and you're right. The the review there. I mean, it didn't look like it was you know like he had a great shot at winning. And I think not the refs even, even had a word with him after. Oh really? Um, yeah, 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of shitty. But again, like this is the same guy who I was listening to in Chicklet's podcast. This is a guy who, you know, when Mike Medano, he had like one more game to play to like reach some milestone. Uh, ba- Babcock straight up benched him so he wouldn't get that final game played. Like, apparently this guy's a prick, like off wow. camera. Like You wow. can say what you want about him looking like a little boy clapping for Bob Cole and, and yeah. tears running from his eyes. Like, you you, you know, you, you know, this is a guy who, when he's in front of the camera, everything's scripted. What he's going to say, how he's going to act. He thinks about this before. He, he plans this all methodically, how he how he's perceived through the media. But but the actual figure that is Mike Babcock, I've heard some fucking brutal stories about this guy. So that part of me wasn't too surprised to see this. So yeah, I guess I just I wasn't that all surprised, and it was kind of kind of disappointing to see, to be honest. I'm worried, Nick. I'm really worried. If if I'm going to be cheering for this team, I'm really worried because the the message that he sent doing that was. Yeah, we're all in on winning this game and giving our best effort. And fuck, they 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 look terrible, man. Montreal skated them all over the ice, all over the ice. It was just, I don't know what to think, man. I really like. I've never been so unsure about this team because, like, you know, a couple episodes ago, I was I was ready to watch the video and go to bat, but this just leaves a bad taste on the final game. I don't know why, but. This is gonna affect my uh, my reasonings tomorrow. I'm telling you, because like so, I'm telling you, know, you like, I, I they know weren't skating. Much... Like Matthews yeah. would disappear all game, and then he'd show up for a flash. You know, he'd do his little dangle, show up for a flash, and then disappear again. I don't have any questions about Marner whatsoever. Marner's by in by by a mile the the heartbeat of this offense. But man, oh man, I got so much. I have so many unanswered questions. I'm just more confused because I thought they'd turn it on by now. Like this is the final week and this is our final like final week wrap up here in this episode. I got nothing for you. I have no idea what to say to you Leafs fans. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's cause to be concerned. Let's not forget they rested a lot of their players. No Ron Hainsey, no Zaitsev, no Muzzin. Um, no Dermot. That's four four year defenseman. I mean, I mean, if you let in five goals, you know, a lot of it has to do with that. So don't forget about that. But yeah, I mean, for someone who believes in the hockey gods as much as you do, which I know you place a lot of emphasis on there, the the supernatural <laughs> effects of, of hockey. Relax. Um, that you Relax. know. I I'm not I'm not all that surprised to hear this take from you, and and we're gonna find out in the next few weeks here whether or not it comes back to bite him you know to mm. me i think you're overthinking this a little you know it was Maybe. at the time it was a shitty move and and oh, goes classless. to show you the shitty guy he is but you know i i don't think for a second this is gonna have some effect on them versus boston like come on mm. i don't know but, man. like but the hockey gods they did spoken. lose their last two games you know i said last episode sure. i want to see how this team performs in these final two games two good tests character checks versus tampa and then versus montreal in the bell center and they lost both games so i don't know where their confidence is at you count in the carolina game they've lost their last three they've lost three in a row heading into the bruins game on thursday so honestly i don't know what leafs team we're gonna get i, I know the bruins are gonna come out strong they they always do that game one in TD Garden, you know, they they always do. But the mm. Leafs, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what Leafs team we get. 
Yep, and a and a rookie a rookie Montreal player put the puck in the net four times against Anderson. So I wonder where his head is at. Like throughout this whole game, I'm just like, I mean, the biggest thing about him is his mental stability right now. I have no idea where that's going to be. This is <laughs> this is tough, man. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard because you know when I fill out that bracket, you know I I lead with my heart for a lot of these these picks. And man, it's hard right now. It's really hard to figure that one out. And I think we're gonna end on that note. I think it's a it's a good cliffhanger. The the, the fans don't really know where you're going with that pick at the moment. You yeah. you seem confused and distraught. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 you're, you it sounds like you need to sleep on that pick. So we're right. we're gonna give Kyle another 24 hours to to mull it over and and think about where he wants to go with this. And uh, for the epic conclusion. As to where Kyle's bracket goes from here, we encourage you to tune into our 34th episode where we will run through and do a preview of each and every playoff series. All, wow. all eight, that's right. All eight, it's going to be a, a bonanza of an episode. Our first ever playoff preview. So we're both excited and uh, we hope you all enjoy. So Kyle, if it's all right with you, mm-hmm. I think we will wrap this up and we will see you all in our playoff preview rink moose is signing off